in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. Through him all things were made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Church, Jesus is freedom. He is freedom. Everything about the Lord Jesus is, brings and presents freedom. Freedom just might be the most misunderstood form of reality that there is. Trace and I got a chance to get away last week. It was awesome. Thank you for that privilege. We went up to Cairns and we made our way back uh, to a, a little beach just north of Mission Beach. Trace had found a couple of cottages there and uh, it was very, very remote. Not actually far away from other people, but when you walked down the little track and got onto the beach and on a couple of mornings you looked as far right and as far left, there is nobody there. You kind of know just over the headland is Mission Beach and there's probably people walking along that beach all the time. But where we were, and you, you look at that unique beauty... And I remember a, a couple of conversations along the way. Where can you go in the world where it's this beautiful? And we can just go a couple of hours up the track. We can go 20 minutes in another direction. You can look out your backyard and it's beautiful. But I remember just the sense of tranquility. And I knew what the passage of scripture was for this weekend. And it's not hard to think, Lord, you are just magnificent. Jesus, what a beautiful name. And the freedom of being able to be on that stretch of beach and just enjoy that for every piece of stone, every piece of coral, every uh, bit of driftwood that's come from somewhere. And it seemed like there was just no litter. God enabled this to happen. Every bit of sand. Jesus is freedom. The noun in the Google Dictionary, says freedom is the power or the right to act, 
speak or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. We do have some freedom of choice. That's an interesting perspective. But I want to present an alternative way of considering freedom today. We know that uh, some English learned people have discovered that that's what they want to say freedom is. But in its most basic form, freedom is a choice. In John 8, and if you have a Bible here with you today, I'd prefer that you had that on your lap and could read with me through it. But I'm going to start at verse 31, where John 8, 31 says, To the Jews who believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. I just have to read that again. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And here we crash into a biblical understanding of freedom. And I believe it's worth us spending some time on today. And in verse 33, they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? And Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. You sin once, you're a slave to sin. And a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you want to finish it with me? You will be free indeed. I want to focus on verse 32, mostly today. But our task is to work out what freedom actually is and then have a response to it. So freedom in the biblical sense is deeply connected to understanding and knowing truth. Knowing is about relational connection to the truth. Uh, uh, Adam knows Eve, it's relational. Knowing in the scriptures is relational. Believing, accepting and acting in adherence to truth. But freedom as we most commonly hear it carries a very significant difference. So what is freedom? Is it being able to come and go as you please? Do whatever you want. Say anything you want to say. Is it in fact total permission to do everything that we want to do? I think that's a good question to explore. And if we go back to the beginning, the, the beginning of our known time, God created Adam and Eve. He gave them dominion over all creation. They could go where they wanted, do what they wanted. They could build a shelter wherever, play Scrabble, game a touch footy with the animals, get on the internet, check out the best holiday places. They could do whatever in the context of what they had, which, as we know, was everything, <laughs> creation picnic on the best tropical fruits, had the choice of vegetables from a worldwide garden. And we know how it goes really pear-shaped for them, don't we? God told them not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. 
but they went ahead and did it anyway. And sin entered the world. And death became a new reality for the human race. And most of us know the rest of the story. But what I want us to check out today is this idea that freedom in its most basic form is actually there in the garden. That was the experience of freedom at the very beginning. And nothing has changed. Freedom is still available to us. Truth and man's connection to truth has always been present. God has always been present. And freedom, therefore, is a choice. A choice to accept the truth. And I think the right question is, what is biblical freedom? What is freedom according to the Lord Jesus Christ? Adam and Eve could wake up every morning and choose to obey or disobey God. So the first thing I want to say today is that freedom doesn't come from this world or anything in it. Freedom is a God concept. Freedom comes from God. It's part of his DNA, his personhood. And was and is connected to this truth, his truth. No such thing as absolute freedom this side of heaven. It is present because God is present. The Bible teaches us that we serve one and one master. Remember that? From Matthew 6.24 and Luke 6.13. It means that we answer to one master, King Jesus. And the Bible's clear that we must submit to God and then serving becomes part of our ongoing commitment and all of that is good for us. You will serve one master, not two, but one. Jesus said you cannot serve two masters at once. And that biblical truth in construct with our sense of understanding what freedom is tells us that if freedom is from God, is a part of God, and we serve one master, one God, then submission to God may just enter us into freedom. True? Freedom in its most basic form is making a choice to accept God's truth alone. And we get all of our concepts mucked up when we say God plus. And we can put whatever there. And all of a sudden, we've misconstrued truth. Freedom in its fullest form that any of us can achieve in our lifetime is the result of making the right choice to follow Jesus and accept his truth only. And I want to say freedom comes in two stages. The freedom to choose God's way, make that choice, 
then to continue on in that freedom, you have to make the right choice to live according to God's way. It's a choice to follow in God's ways daily. And if we go back to the garden in Genesis 2, 16, 17, God said not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For in that day you eat of it, you will surely die. Death came as a result of sin. What was sin? And it's, uh, if we kind of boil it down and just look at the scriptural mandate, it was disobeying God. It was not following in God's way. It wasn't that God just made some mystery. He gave instructions, made it clear, this is how you should live and you will live in freedom. You will live in perfection, in perfect relationship with God. But Adam and Eve together, let's not blame one or the other more distinctly, Adam and Eve together disobeyed God. And that's where death came from. Didn't come from anywhere else. It wasn't even, I, I, think, I believe God knew about it, but it wasn't in his perfect plan. God may extend to us certain freedom choices and we ought to choose wisely. Remember, we each have this unique little thing given to us by God. Uh, a will often described as free will which makes every one of us a free moral agent and a responsible person responsible for our own decisions and that's why we're not absolutely free to do whatever we want because we're responsible we're accountable for every deed every word every thought that we take time to dwell on back in the 60s and 70s some of you will remember it well. I was a little tacker. There was a massive cultural shift, a strong desire for more freedom generally, and it was almost global, it seemed, certainly in the West, a strong desire to live life uh, more according to me and what I want. Free thinking challenged the establishment. People thought that uh, if there were any rules at all, then there's no freedom. True freedom to them meant no rules, no laws, no morals, no community standards, just freedom. And so our dictionary picks up on the understanding of freedom as, as connected to what we feel and what we want. And a lot of people did do whatever they liked and began living very open and free. It led to free love, free drugs, free sex, free lots of things, free everything for some. If it feels good, do it, became a slogan. Lots of shoes have been sold because of that. But where does this philosophy lead? The community decided to live a little differently and really, honestly, it wasn't anything new in the 60s and 70s, was it? Just had a new colour. It seems like we're all dealing with the consequences of that so-called freedom. Now we have a higher rate of divorce, pornography and sexual abuse. And very unbalanced view of responsibility. And the downward moral and ethical spiral has continued 
this desire to live freely exposed a selfish generation and we now live under the consequences of that. And it continues. The further we move away from God's principles or God's way, the more we ignore God's standards and set a path for our own sense of freedom, the more we see the consequences or the damage that appears in our society. Part of the repercussions is that we have significantly higher spending by our government in its social programs just to try and bring an equilibrium, to help with the byproducts of some of what has developed in the name of freedom. Unfortunately, there's no indication that this trend is going to end anytime soon. And to play devil's advocate, and I think this is totally silly, but it will illustrate what can happen when we take responsible choices too lightly. Uh, suppose a couple of us, any, any two of us, me and, and anyone, go into partnership and we buy a rowboat. Each of us, you know, we contribute and maybe we pay half the cost. Then we draw a line in the middle of the boat. We get in one day, it's a beautiful day like this, and we start rowing out to sea. We go past magnetic and we can't see land. And just as we get outside of land, I pull out my battery drill and I start drilling holes that I call freedom holes in the bottom of my end of the boat. And when you start screaming that my freedom is sinking the boat... I respond by saying something like, but I have a right to express myself on my end of the boat. And you have no right to censor my creative and freedom-seeking expressions. You hear where I'm going? The question is, when does my freedom become our sinking downfall? As soon as I make a decision to get that drill out and put the first hole in. And after that, it's just more holes and it's faster downfall. Right now, right here, in this time, in this place, you and I have two choices, to obey God or to disobey God, to enter into freedom or to reject freedom, to live or to die to live a life in sin or to live a life in Christ. One is bondage, one is freedom. And John 8.34 reminds us we are all enslaved to sin. One sin, slave to sin. Adam and Eve, first sin, world, slave to sin. You sin once and you're captive to it. So you need a way to get free. End of the gospel. That's what it means to have freedom. Being free from the result of sin. To live a life in sin or to live a life in Christ. One leads to death, destruction and eternal bondage. One leads to peace and eternal and absolute freedom. Not a difficult choice, or is it? And how do we live in freedom? How do we go on? 
That's another choice we make daily. We have a choice. We can either whinge and complain about the times we live in or we can seize the opportunity. It's not enough for us to criticise postmodernism. Probably doesn't cut it to simply say that the world is getting out of control and we don't like it. Because if we are indeed free, it's because we have discovered, know and accept God's truth. We accept what God says is true. And we must proclaim this truth that our world, our neighbours, our culture, our society absolutely needs to know about. True? Uh, Dan Kimball, a pastor, said, the great thing about post-modernity is the vacuum that exists for truth. And we have the privilege and opportunity to fill the vacuum. Are we willing to proclaim the truth that we know so others can know real freedom? John 8.32 states, Then you will know the truth. If you hold to my teaching, you are my disciples. Then you will know the truth. And the truth will... It does, doesn't it? The truth, and uh, truth equals gospel. The truth about God, the truth about Jesus, the gospel brings freedom. And here's the thing that I just put as a little tack on, and you won't find it anywhere else. Look at the billions of people who are looking for freedom. Look at the thousands that you may have intercepted in your lifetime that are looking for freedom. Look at the people escaping New South Wales looking for freedom. Outside of Christ, they just will never find it. And that's the truth. Real freedom does not come from experiencing a truth our own subjectivity, even getting a slice of Christianity, even uh, having a, what you would recall as a, a baptism when you were 12 or 13 or 16 or 21, that just may not ever have solved the issue because discovering, accepting and choosing to live in God's truth Choosing to obey, accepting Jesus, obeying Jesus equals truth. And if that's stopped along the way somewhere, you need to go back and say, what changed? Or did anything happen back then anyway? But I want it to happen now. And I want to know you, Jesus. Remember, knowing Experience, relational, connection. And when you know the truth, you will be free. It proceeds out of knowing the truth, not a fad or an idea or some preacher getting up and saying, you know, there are ways that you could enter heaven one way. 
Notice that our scripture does not say, and you shall know truth. It's very specific. You shall know, what's the word? The truth. God's truth. Freedom does not come from a world without limits or without truth. It comes from discipline and submission to the truth. A clear and cognitive submission and agreement that God is right, I am not, and I'm the one who needs to change. A decision to agree with God and accept his way. In the book of Philippians, Paul described himself as a slave of Jesus Christ. And uh, he also stated that he was content. I think that's kind of really important part, freedom, contentment. How can a slave be content? Only by surrendering uh, surrendering his self-liberty did he know true freedom. I think it'll be helpful to look at this expression in Philippians. Uh, I think we've got it here. In Philippians 1 and 1, this letter is uh, from Paul, he says. He introduces himself and Timothy. And this is his introduction. Slaves or servants of Christ Jesus. Uh, Then in Philippians, uh, again, chapter 4, verse 11... He writes, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I have grown in my understanding of truth. I have grown and my living, my relational connection to God has given me this capacity to endure. And I'm content. Now, I know I'm writing a few things in between the lines there, but go check it out in the scripture. I'm just kind of giving you the front and back cover there. The kind of freedom Paul found in Christ was a freedom from the fear of death. And that's the big picture. Freedom from aimlessness, freedom from death, hell and judgment. So if anyone wants real freedom, we can experience it when we know the truth because the truth will set you free. The way to know that truth and experience real freedom is by surrendering your will to the will of God, choosing God's way. And for someone who's tried to live that way for quite a long time now you can see the wrinkles up close it's not easy but it's a right choice and it's a really good choice and the significant difference is I have a faith and a hope that God is faithful and I choose no other way Your choice is your choice. I've made mine. Surrender to Jesus. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, 
and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I love Romans 10.9. It's kind of at the back end of the Roman road if you use that for a gospel presentation. Knowing the truth, believing in the truth, making that declaration, surrendering, Jesus, you are my Lord. I have you in my heart. I totally believe what you say is true about me and about everyone. And I know that I'm saved. Thank you, Lord. If you already know the truth, are you willing to proclaim it to those who need to hear it? Can you stand with me for prayer? Father, we declare that your truth is the truth. There is no other. And we thank you so, so much for the Bible. Uh, We thank you for the authorship, for its perfection, for the way the construct of the scripture points always and only to the person of Jesus. Father, you sent Jesus to show us how to live in freedom. And uh, I'm sure he got blisters and, and I'm, I'm sure maybe he got a cold now and, other, now and again. I, it doesn't tell us. But he lived amongst people as a man, yet without sin. We aim to live like Jesus, to adopt his character. And the only way we can do that is surrendering and allowing your Holy Spirit to teach us so we submit right here right now lord we submit to your holiness to your sovereignty to your truth that we might experience real freedom this is our prayer awesome god hear our prayer